Good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor. And today is Dream Team Sunday. It's Dream Team Sunday. If you haven't guessed by the videos and the people and what we're talking about, uh, last weekend we were celebrating our sixth birthday as a church. And uh, man, what a great event that was. Thank you so much to everybody who served and helped and decorated and everything to make this place awesome. And to all of you guys for celebrating with us. It was really good. And during that, that uh, message, as we talked about where our church has been and where we've been going, um, we talked for a moment about how important we believe acting is to growth. You know, we, we believe that growing doesn't just come through listening, but it comes through doing, acting on what we're called to do. And, and, uh, and so today we're going to expand on that idea some. We're still in our series called Help Me Understand. So we're going to learn from the parables of Jesus today. But I do have something I want to share with you before we jump into it. This week we're kicking off uh, something we do every month during the warmer months of the year. We'll be doing it now through November. And that is First Wednesday. Yes! First Wednesday is one of my absolute favorite things we do as a church. It is just so uh, low-key. It's a good time to just hang out. We get together at Blue Ghost Brewery, and we just meet people. We just meet people. We spend time together. Uh, we just sit and visit with one another. There's drinks. There's food. Uh, and, uh, and there's a great big old field to run around in if you need to get your energy out, you know. And there's even a playground at this brewery for kids. They had the whole family in mind, and so it is such a great time. This week, uh, I'm actually going to be at a conference with some of my overseers, spending time with my mentors and with some of their mentors, and so you can be praying for me as I'm out at that conference this week. I'll be back for next Sunday to finish up our series on the parables. So normally, my favorite part about First Wednesday is getting to meet some of you guys that I don't get to normally meet, but on next First Wednesday in April, I'll get to hang out with you guys this week, though, you get to spend time with some of our leaders and elders, and most importantly, with each other. You really, really, really ought to come check it out. It is such a great time together. It is fun. It is laid back. Nobody expects anything of you other than just to say hi to somebody. And so first Wednesday is at 6 p.m. at Blue Ghost Brewery, uh, and it ends at 8, and, it, and come and just hang out whenever you can. It'll be a good good time. Well, let me get into this message because really I want to share with you today uh, from the parables of Jesus. We're in this series called Help Me Understand. And the idea is to study these parables that Jesus used to help us understand the kingdom of God. Jesus would often teach using stories that related exactly to the lives and the things that people understood and the audience he was speaking to. And the reason he did that was because our God wants to be known by us. He wants us to understand his thinking. He wants us to understand what he wants, what he thinks of you, his dreams for you. He wants you to know what his kingdom is like and what it is about and who it is for. And so Jesus used these stories, these parables, to accomplish that in us. And we've been studying these over the last few weeks. And today, we're going to look at the parable of the talents. Parable of the talents today. Talents. Anybody like a talent show? I love a talent show. I'm so interested in talent shows. I love high school talent shows. You know, I'm, I've been thinking about going to 
them as an adult just to see what the heck these kids are cooking up nowadays. I love to watch America's Got Talent and see uh, uh, just how incredible people are at things I never thought to be good at. You know, I never even never even occurred to me to get good uh, at some of the strange things that people can do on that show. Uh, and then I also love to watch how bad people are at things that they think they're good at. That's a lot of fun. I've been in two talent shows in my life, two talent shows. The first, I was in the fourth grade, and my talent was storytelling, storytelling. Can you believe that? It was. I told the uh, Br'er Rabbit story. I had a Br'er Rabbit book growing up as a kid and, and told this Br'er Rabbit story, and that was great. That was fun. I think uh, my second talent show was less in my realm of talent. I was in high school, and I sang I'm Gonna Miss Her by Brad Paisley. And one of those talents turned into my career, and the other one did not. And so you can guess which was not my talent. Uh, and, and maybe you've heard me sometime when they forget to mute my mic, and I'm standing backstage, and you understand storytelling was the right avenue for me. Well, today's parable talks about talents and what we do with them. Let's look at it today in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. For it will be, this is Jesus talking, for it will be like a man going on a journey, the kingdom of God. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. Now it's important as I go through this, I was just talking about talent shows, that in this context a talent is a sum of money. A talent is a, a measure of money uh, in the old times. It was a lot of money. And it says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. He stopped at the casino. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here, and I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here, and I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you now have what is, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest." So take the talent from him so, and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. 
But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That story takes a turn. It gets dark real fast. <laughs> now you know what to do if anybody ever loans you money. Uh, now, it's important that you understand that Jesus isn't talking about what to do with money here. It's important that you understand that what he wants you to understand is the kingdom of God. He is trying to teach you a very important principle about the kingdom of God and what God does for us and his expectations over what he does for us. And so uh, I want to take just a few moments today and learn just three things from this parable, just three important things about the kingdom of God that we should understand when we read this parable. The first one is this, everyone is given something. Everyone is given something. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. There's three servants in the story, and every single one of them is given something, entrusted with something. An investment is made into each of these three servants. It is my belief, a foundational belief in my faith, that every single person has unique talents and gifts that God has given you to serve his kingdom. Every single person. God speaks this over his people and the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In Ephesians 2.10, uh, Paul says we are God's handiwork. That word could be translated masterpiece. The idea is the same. You were crafted and created. That you are not an accident. You did not just happen. But there was a master planner who put you together. You are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. It was not an afterthought. You are not an afterthought. You have gifts that he has an idea of what you can do from them before you are even born. Maybe you've spent your entire life feeling worthless. That's a pretty common lie that the devil puts in our minds. If I could narrow all the lies that have rattled around in my head throughout my life down to one root lie, it would be this one. You have no value to offer this world. I just remember being a teenager with that lie speaking in the back of my mind. I remember being in my early 20s with that lie getting louder and louder in my mind. You have no value to offer this world. Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, when the world feels like it's crumbling and caving in around me, I can still hear it infiltrating every victory and every good thing that God is doing. But those words come from my enemy. Jesus says that your enemy, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. An unfortunate reality in this world that we live in is that we do have an enemy in this place. That there is an enemy who is, Peter says, roaming around like a lion seeking whom he could devour. And he speaks lies into your heart and into your mind 
throughout your life, he uses people to do it. He uses experiences to do it. Sometimes he's just there whispering it all on his own. Maybe you've believed some of those lies. Maybe you've been taken by some of those lies. Maybe you've felt captive by some of those lies. It is not the truth. My Father, my God says this about me. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. It's time for us to learn how to hear the difference. Because you've been gifted. Maybe you're good with people. You make people feel noticed naturally. Maybe you're good at understanding what people mean instead of hearing what people say. Maybe you're good at remembering things. Uh, You remember names easily. You remember faces easily. You remember when people's birthdays are. I'm always amazed by the person who remembers when people's birthdays are. Maybe you're gifted with your hands, able to build and figure things out instinctively. Maybe you're good at motivating others to make them want to get better. Maybe you're musically gifted. Maybe you're good at computers or you're good with kids. You have gifts that were given to you by God because you have value to him and you have important worth in his kingdom. Every single person does without exception. You were crafted and created by a loving Father God who has dreams for your life. Every single person has a gift that is important to the kingdom of God. Second thing for us to know is that your gift will never be the same as somebody else's. Your gift isn't the same as somebody else's. It says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. I love that the story doesn't make a big deal about the fact that one guy got ten and the other guy got one. Or one guy got five and the other guy got one. It doesn't make a big deal about the idea that they all got different things. It's just accepted as a part of the story. And there's a principle at work there that we need to grasp. We need to understand as followers of Jesus. It's this. You cannot measure your worth by somebody else's scale. You cannot measure your worth by somebody else's scale. The leader, John Maxwell, says don't try to run your race at somebody else's pace. You were created to be you, not somebody else. You were gifted the way you were meant to be gifted to do the good works prepared in advance for you to do. Sometimes we get hung up on this. We want to do good things for God and for his kingdom, but we think we got to do it the way that somebody else did it. We, we're even worse about this in today's day and age with social media being so prevalent because we get to see people's highlight reels all the time. We're being fed constantly how good other people are at other things. I uh, dabble in construction, you guys, and by dabble, I mean I am the worst construction worker that you have ever seen in your life. I always have a vision for how things are gonna go. I I spent the last year finishing our attic to build a new bedroom as we were preparing to have our third child, Elvira Maeve. And as we were getting ready for Elvira to come, I needed to build a bedroom because in my head, I just gotta get a separate space to lock each of these kids in. It needs a door, it needs a lock, and I gotta get them all sequestered. 
And so I, was, I had this, this bedroom in my mind, and I was like, this is going to take me a couple months to build. Uh, it's very simple. It's already, there's an attic there already. I'm just going to frame up some walls, throw in some insulation. We'll put a ceiling fan in. It's going to be great. And it took me almost a year because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have all my life had this, uh, this, this problem where I see what someone else has built and how they've done it. I, we have a friend, Paul Mackey, he's one of the elders here. He's an incredible craftsman. And he finished, yeah, give Paul a hand. Paul, I'm talking about you today, Paul. I meant to warn you. Paul built this, uh, finished our basement at our last house and built this beautiful room. It took him a few weeks. It was incredible. It looked amazing. I watched him do it for the most part after work. I stood there like this and I thought, this is so easy. This is, this is so simple. Paul, Paul just put these walls up, put some sheetrock on, and now look at this space. I can do that. And what I learned is my gift is not the same as Paul's gift. When I think I'm going to build a box, it ends up as a, an oblong rumbus. Okay, I can't build a square to save my life. My point is that oftentimes we see what somebody else has done and assume we have to do it the same way. We see the way they're running their race. We see the thing that they're good at, the, the reach that they have, the influence they have, and we compare ourselves to that and say, that's the baseline, that's who I'm meant to be, that's who I'm called to be, so I'm going to be that. And when we don't do it the way they did it, we feel disappointed, we feel beat up, we feel like failures, we feel like we don't have what we're supposed to have. But you are not created to be somebody else. There will only ever be one John Mark Redwine, thank the Lord. Well, there's two. I'm a junior. I am not created to live like some other pastor and to measure myself by his successes, to preach his sermons, to live his life. God made me as me because he needed me to do exactly what he created me to do. And the same goes for you. We are all different because we are all made to serve God and others in a purpose specific to us. Paul teaches this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says in verse 4, beginning in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you're given the power of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit comes the ability to do things you could not do before. We call them spiritual gifts. And you will be gifted spiritually as well as naturally, the things you are already good at. But your gifts, both spiritual and natural, are never meant to be the same as your neighbor's. It says, the same Spirit gives us those gifts. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts by the, uh, the gift of healing by the one Spirit. The Holy Spirit delves out all these different gifts. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in, the, that's not talking about ghosts. It's called the gift of discernment. And it's the ability to tell between honesty and lies. It's the ability to tell between uh, good and evil. It's the ability to discern wise from unwise. The gift of discernment. 
Uh, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Paul goes on to describe the people of God as a body, a body. Just like a toe is different from an eye, each one of us is different from the other and gifted and called to do different things. Both are important, and the body isn't whole with any of its parts and pieces missing. So some in this parable get one bag of gold while others get five. Your neighbor is given influence over all the world through a company that they're over or through social media or given influence over a large group of people and then maybe You are given influence over just your family and friends. Maybe you have a friend that can just pick up any instrument and be good at it immediately. And maybe you are good at arranging cheese boards. It's not a competition, it's a compilation, it's a combination. It's a combination of gifts intricately and intimately designed by God who can see the big picture, the whole picture. When we cannot, you have a gift. You have a gift, and it matters, and it's necessary, and it is needed by the kingdom of God. And it was given to you by God for his service. That's why the last thing to learn from this parable is that how you invest your gift matters. How you invest your gift matters. How and where, how and where, how and where. The point of this parable is this. You have a gift and how you invest it matters. The master comes back and wants to see what's been done with what they've been given. And to those who invested the gift that they were given, he offers more gifts and blessings and honor. And to the one who hid what he had and didn't do anything with it comes punishment. Here's the implication. Every person is given a gift, and how you invest it matters to God. You have not been gifted to serve yourself. You're gifted to serve others. I I think a lot about the other servant in this story. He says that the reason that he didn't invest his gift is a a fear-driven reason because he knows that the master is a hard man and he doesn't want to risk losing the money. He doesn't want to risk doing the wrong thing with the investment and the gift that he was given. He doesn't want to risk it because he knows that his master's expectations are high. But his master gave him one talent and his expectation for him was only that he would invest that talent and use that talent and increase it. And maybe for you, you haven't invested what God's given you. Maybe you, you haven't used the gifts that God's given you to serve his kingdom for a couple different reasons. Maybe it was because you didn't know that you could or you had the opportunity. Maybe you didn't know that the church or, or that the kingdom of God needed what you have been given. And it does. Every gift that you have been given is a part of God's greater picture for the kingdom of God to be used to grow his kingdom, to serve others. 
maybe you've been anxious and nervous. I'm not good enough. I don't, maybe, maybe you've been like the servant in this story. I know, I know that I'm not good enough for God. I don't, whatever I have to offer isn't what he needs. It's, it's just going to let him down. It's going to let somebody else down. It's going to let God down. You need to know today that he, he doesn't, he's not just waiting for you to fail. He doesn't sit up there just thinking, this is it. You get this one shot to do your gift well and you don't get another chance to do it better. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth in this parable. I know, it's intimidating. But the message that he wants for you to hear, that he wants for you to have today, is just to invest it. Just to sow it somewhere where it has the opportunity to grow, to get better, to get bigger, to increase, to make an impact, to make a difference. Don't hide it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't bury it in the ground because you think it's not good enough. Invest it. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Grace here means gifts. God's gifted us all in different ways. Each of us should use whatever gift we've received to serve others. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ because to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You were gifted and called to use the gifts that you have been given to serve, increase, and impact the kingdom of God. And there are a lot of good places in this world you could use those gifts. But it's important for you to know that there is more to this life than this life. There is more than the world can see. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what, on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. To truly invest your gifts you've got to invest them somewhere internal. Invest them in the kingdom of God. God created you the way that he made you with the dreams that you have and the gifts that you have and the abilities that you have to serve the kingdom of God. So let me tell you where to start investing them. Get on the dream team. The dream team Sunday, you knew it was coming. I believe there's a million different ways that you can use your gifts to serve God and serve others. Specific to who you are. We want to <laughs> We want to help you figure some of those ways out. We want to unleash you on the world to use your gifts to honor God every day of the week. We want to help you discover your purpose. I was having a conversation with someone just this morning about how it is our passion as a church to figure out exactly where your passion is and to partner with you to unleash you on the world for that purpose. But we believe that it begins right here by serving in the local church because the local church is the hope of the world. The local church 
has the power to change lives and hearts and futures and families. It is worth investing in. It's the living embodiment of the call Christ gave to his apostles the day he ascended into heaven. It's the outcome of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And just as Paul explained in 1 Corinthians 12, as Peter explained in 1 Peter 4, it requires not just a preacher and a worship leader, but a whole body of people using their gifts to serve alongside one another. It's not a competition, it's a compilation. And as you serve on the dream team, you are fulfilling the purpose of this church in this city, and therefore you're fulfilling your purpose in this city. You'll strengthen the bonds of community by being a part of what we're doing instead of watching what we're doing. You'll learn more about what you are and are not gifted to do within the kingdom of God. Join the Dream Team. All of this, Dream Team Sunday, it's not because we want something from you. It is because we want something for you. I told you last week that we're more fixated now than ever on your spiritual growth. We mean that. And growth doesn't just come by listening, it comes by doing. I believe with all of my heart that serving on the team is the next step that will grow you spiritually. Maybe you're in here today and you've been trying to silence the lies all your life that have told you that you have no value. Today can not only be the day that you silence that lie in your head once and for good, but it can also be the day that you learn the truth about yourself, that you were called and created to do something more, to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of what God is doing in this city. We are seeing chains broken in this city. Lives changed. The culture shift right here in this place. And God has called you to be a part of that. Not to be a spectator, not just to watch, but to get active in what he is doing. He doesn't want us to just hide what we have and wait for the good things to happen. He wants us to be a part of that mission and to be a part of what he is doing. If you're here today and you haven't got a relationship with Jesus, well, I'm here to tell you that there's more for you in this life. I suspect that you've always felt that there was, that you've been looking for more for a long time, that you've pursued it in many different ways, and now you're here. And if you're in here today longing for purpose, longing for meaning, longing to matter in this world, you can and you will. And it just begins by accepting the gift offered you in salvation. Jesus did all the work so that you don't have to get your, you don't, your purpose can start today. You don't have to check off a bunch of boxes. You don't have to get your act together. We want to help you find freedom. But exactly as you are and who you are, you can enter a relationship with him today. Would you, every head bowed and every eye closed, would you pray this prayer with me if you're ready to do that? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, God. You are good. Forgive us for trying to do this on our own for so long. Forgive us, Lord, for every mistake and every sin. We want to matter in this world. We want to be a part of the work you are doing. So from this moment forward, we are yours. We commit our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.